guys, it's Brooke Eagle, and we are back with another episode of the Forsyth Magazine's podcast. And today I have two very special ladies on. I have Sarah and Jennifer with Homestead Hills. Hi, ladies. Hi. Hi. Thanks for coming on today to chat about Homestead Hills. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Glad to be here. So we're going to do some fun questions in a minute, but before we do that, I want you to quickly introduce yourselves um, and say your role at Homestead Hills, how long you've been there, um, and just a brief where and what Homestead Hills is for people who may not know. Okay, I guess I'll start. My name is Jennifer Gibson Heath. I'm a lifestyle advisor within the community. Um, basically, my role within the community is just to come alongside people and help guide them through the process of long-term care and retirement options that they have available to them. Um, I've worked for the community now for a little over three years. Yeah. And I'm Sarah Privet. I am the regional sales support for Homestead Hills based out of Charlotte. Maxwell Group is the management company for the community. So my role is to support the community here locally, whatever they need, whatever that looks like. Um, mentor, cheerleader, all the things that we need to help move anyone forward in this process. I've been with the company, gosh, seven months. Um, and it's been a also, fun, you're, you're new. Uh, brand new, yeah, brand new. Exciting. Well, I can't use the new card anymore. I'm past that point. But yes. <laughs> There's someone else who is newer now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. But it's been a fun ride, and I love the Winston-Salem area, so excited to have a community here that I can support. Yeah. Awesome. So without further ado, I have some, some fun questions. Are y'all ready? I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Number one, would you rather have unlimited sushi for the rest of your life or unlimited tacos for the rest of your life. It's easy sushi, hands down. Same sushi, hands down. Oh I mean, man, how could it not be sushi? I don't know. I'd have to say tacos. I'm a taco girl. I love sushi, but I would get sick of it. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> what about well, you? Could all, you could always have sushi and a taco. Right? <laughs> That's right. Oh, that is very true. I've seen on uh, Instagram lately. It's like looks like a sushi sandwich where they like fold it and then cut it in half versus the rolls. So. We want to try it. Yeah. yeah. It's exciting. Okay. Anything can be turned into a taco. That's very true. That's true. I, is a, hot, is a hot dog agree. a taco? It can be. <laughs> is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> I think it is. But, I mean, t hot dogs, you know, it's in a, a U-shaped Yeah, container. just a little, a thicker, yeah. you know, taco shell. Yeah. 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 Okay, next question. Would you rather be the best player on a horrible team or the worst player on a great team? <laughs> I mean, this probably says more about my personality than I would like for it to. I would rather be the best player on a horrible team. <laughs> then I might get scouted for a better team. <laughs> exactly. That is a good, a good point. Yeah. What about you, Sarah? I don't know. I think I would, I'm the reverse. I think I'd want to be a horrible player on the best team. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's all about being the cheerleader and being the support. Yeah. That, so I, I would also that. like to be the worst player on the best team because I feel like it would force me to do better. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm with you. I would rather be the best on a worst team because there's prospects. Yeah. You can also They're motivate my teammates. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. <laughs> the head cheerleader. Mm -hmm. That's right. I get it. <laughs> what is something that you hate but you wish you loved? Oh, something that I hate, but I wish I loved. Um, guacamole. Oh, man. Yeah, you're missing out. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, mm. it's the taco thing. Yeah. yeah. That's why I'm, yeah. It all makes sense now. Yeah. I understand. 
I don't know. I think it's going to be really basic, like exercise. Oh. I wish I loved it, but I don't want something <laughs> I just have to do. Oh, I, I, wish I, I don't love, wish that. I, love <laughs> I wish I loved salad. That would be really convenient, but no. Asparagus. <laughs> I wish I loved asparagus. Asparagus. But yeah. I don't. That's funny. Okay. I got a couple more. If you were stranded on a desert island and you could choose one person to keep you company or one animal, who or what would be the animal or what would be the person? Mm, that's, a, that's another good question. Um, if I had to pick, I, w- I would pick one person and I would pick my daughter, Graceland, only because she's resourceful and she would keep me entertained for the entirety of the time I was on the island. I love the why. Only because she's resourceful. <laughs> she's resourceful. She would keep me on my toes. Nothing would attack us. She would attack it She'd first. She'd keep us alive. Yeah. I'm Practical. really surprised you didn't say an animal. Yeah. Nah, I have enough of those already. <laughs> so I would say an animal. I would want my dog, Applejack, which I know is a crazy name. I would want him to be with what me. What kind of dog is, is Applejack? He is a Stafford Shire Terrier, which Aww. is just a fancy way of saying Pitbull. I like it. Thanks. How yeah. old is he? He is five. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dogs are the best. That would be a tough call. I might have to go with the dog, too. I don't know. He Animals are the best. They're loyal. They don't talk back, you know? And I think he could be resourceful. I think he could f- help find food and things, right? I think that I would not be allowed to go home had I set an animal over <laughs> one of my children. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. That's funny. I, I guess because I'm allergic to animals. So I would go with um, my, my wife. Good answer. Yeah, good, yeah, good, yeah, answer. Yeah, yeah, good answer. Yeah, I mean, it was either that or, or my son, who will be 21 soon. But I'm like... Who, he can fit for he himself listen. here. No, he does. <laughs> but my wife. Yeah. Yeah. Better chance of her listening to this podcast than your son. So, oh, yeah. So that yeah. was a solid choice. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay, so let's dive into Homestead Hills. Um, for those who may not know, where is Homestead Hills located? Um, so Homestead is actually located in a wonderful area in Winston-Salem. It's located right off Kimmel Park. We're only about four minutes away from Forsyth Medical Center, about seven minutes away from Atrium, formerly known as Baptist. Um, So we're in a a really prime location for folks not far away from the mall, but we're sort of tucked away. We're only on 37 acres, but we're tucked away. And so even though you're in the city, you don't really feel like you are. And it's a retirement community with all levels of care. How many people are currently in the community? If we were to go through all the levels of care from independent living, assisted living, memory care, to all the way to skilled nursing, I would say right now probably around 260 folks are in oh, the community. Okay. So a very intimate community. Mm-hmm. It's a community feel, more like a family feel than anything. Yeah. So you're, there's not thousands of people that No, no, not at so all. So tell us a little bit about um, the different levels that are offered at Homestead Hills. Sure. So we are a continuum of care. Um, So we offer anything from independent living all the way to skilled nursing rehab with assisted living and memory care in between. The beautiful thing about our community is that we can offer someone once they move there to stay through the end of their days. We can bring in services if they're in independent living. If they need more care, they can always move to assisted and memory care. And if they were to need skilled nursing care, we offer that as well. Yeah. So we really are selling a lifestyle for any particular folks that are looking to make a move, which is great, but also the security for families to know that as their loved one has increasing care needs, we can also take care of them. Mm -hmm. What is a one or two kind of common misconceptions that you guys feel like your 
like telling people constantly that that's not true or that's not the case? I think for me, um, one thing that I run into is when people think of retirement communities or retirement living, a lot of times they have that old school idea of what we refer to as your grandmother's nursing home. They think of that cinder block building and that's not what it is. It may have been that way back in the 60s and 70s, but now it's really much catered to the individuals who live there. This is their homes, and we want it to to resemble what their homes are like now. Sarah, what do you think? Yeah, the same. I think a lot of folks feel like, too, their their loss of independence and that leaving their home is going to cause them to lose out on a lot of things, and I think we feel the reverse. It Mm -hmm. actually gives them a lot more, gives them the opportunity to live a very active lifestyle, to make new friends, A lot of times we're selling against the home and the fear of leaving that. But when we really dig down, there's a lot of instances of isolation. And what we provide is the lifestyle of friends and social network. And we have activities that they can participate in, whatever their needs are. And I think that's the biggest misscontception as well, is that they feel like they're going to be giving up so much. And they're really really not. They're gaining. They're gaining a ton. Yeah. Not only the camaraderie with their own peer group, but camaraderie within with the staff and just the continuity to know that may they may not need something now, but if they do need something, there's someone right there for them. Yeah. Well, and I think you're right. I think living in some cases, especially for uh, those people in the community who may be single, their spouse may have passed away, that it could be very isolating to be living in a home by yourself when you can be in a place like Homestead Hills and you can have unlimited activities. You have any, you don't even need to be able to drive necessarily because that's a huge thing too. If you're not able to drive anymore, um, a home is even more isolating. But I think we're still dealing with the greatest generation or what we, we feel is the greatest generation. And, and most of the time that means that they don't want to be a burden. They don't want to ask for help, nor do they want to admit that they may need something more than what they do. So this is a great way for them to get those things because we're going. To, our staff is going to be checking on them. If someone is regularly seen in the dining room at a particular time and they're not there, then the staff is going to go and make sure they're okay and that they something hasn't happened to them. So I think that that's peace of mind for them and also for the families, because a lot of times our residents wouldn't reach out to their families if they really needed something. Yeah. So we can become that extension, but also the bridge. Yeah. So I, I would imagine that most people who are listening to this episode are going to be not potential current residents of Homestead Hills, but the kids. And so what's something that you would say to somebody who's thinking about trying to have that conversation with a parent or a grandparent about making that transition um, and they maybe they're not excited about it or don't know enough about it, um, what would be some good advice for a grandchild or a child? I think initially to get the conversation started, you need to ask them what their goals are for their the rest of their life. How do they want the rest of their life to play out and what things are important to them moving forward? Um, I think once that conversation is opened up, that door is opened, then you can have more pointed conversations about what plans are in place, what next steps do we take, and how do we proceed from there. There are a lot of different variables that come into play. You know, you have folks who are adamant that they're not leaving their home, and you have to be respectful of that. And then you have instances where the family has to intervene and and step up. And for us, it's primarily being there for the families uh, and supporting them the best that we can. Which is the one thing that I love about our company. I think we, that's another thing that sets us apart from our competitors is Jennifer and our team are lifestyle advisors. 
So they take that role very seriously. And sometimes we have really tough conversations with our families and our potential residents coming in. And through those conversations, it may be a situation where home is the best fit for them. So if that's the case, then we are going to do our part in finding out what are the best resources for them to be able to keep them in their home and keep them in their home safely. A lot of times they end up circling back. Maybe those resources lasted and helped them to stay for another couple of years, which may have been their goal. And then they realize now it's time to make a move. And then we've built trust with them so they understand that we are truly looking out for what's in their best interest. Yes, we would like to have them with us, but we're not going to get everyone. And we certainly want everyone to be safe and whatever that looks like. And I think ultimately we want everyone to have the closest picture um, to what their goals are. So anyway, we can help them meet that, whether it be helping the children make sure that their parents are safe at home or whether it be making sure that the parent is getting the, the socialization that they want, hanging out with new people and meeting new friends. We're doing everything that we can to help that dream come to fruition. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I um, I think we talked about my grandfather last time he came mm-hmm. on the podcast, but we where he's passed away now, but we were put in a situation where we didn't have another option at the time due to other. And so it was unfortunate in hindsight that it had to be a forced choice and it couldn't be more of a like, okay, we have this conversation, we make a game plan. Um, But it turned out great. He socialized more than I've ever seen the man socialize and was a cornhole champion and like just had a blast. And so I think it's, it's fun to hear success quote-unquote stories like that of people who are maybe a little hesitant to make the move but a situation comes up where they just really don't have another option whether it be something that happens with their health or their caretaker's health um that there's a lot of good that can come from it if there's anything that i would tell children or people who are thinking about it for themselves is that it's always better to be proactive than reactive. You don't want to have to wait for that emergency situation because like your grandfather, he's sort of the exception to the rule. Sometimes when that decision is made for you, you don't always get the best outcome. So if you can be proactive and make a plan, then you're going to have the best likelihood of having success. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, 100%. Are there any tips that you would have for... Uh, kids or the grandkids who are like just trying to think of how to even get that conversation started because it can be pretty awkward and uncomfortable to feel like you're in that parent role when it's your parent or your grandparent. I think Um, it's oftentimes we talk to our adult children or grandchildren that that's the hardest role reversal was to feel like you're having to parent your parent and being respectful of those boundaries. But I, I think we all just want people to have real transparent conversations with us and seeking to understand that's the philosophy that we use. It's like mm-hmm. learning, to Jennifer's point, learning what's important to them and also being comfortable asking hard questions. What's keeping you here? You are isolated. Wouldn't you like to have better support or more friends or be able to have conversations? Yes, we have folks that move into the community that are introverts and don't really care about the activities, but it's also the peace of mind of knowing that they have someone there for them. Mm. And you're not going to know unless you ask. So, yes, those conversations can be extremely uncomfortable. But I think it proves to their loved one that they do care and that they're in making it about what's important to them as opposed to just what's important to the adult child or the grandchildren. Absolutely. Because there's lots of options out there. And, and, and it's smart to have a plan, but you can't start a plan if you don't know what that even looks like for them. Yeah. Yeah, you got to kind of 
get get your nerve up and just do it and have and be like you said be proactive and not and I think that would be a good way to broach it too like listen I think it's important for us to have a game plan so that if something were to happen we don't have to make these decisions under pressure and under an emergency situation I think more often than not too what the children will find is there's a neighbor or a loved one or there's someone that they know that they can reference and say hey do you remember when this happened to Brooke and her family I don't want that to happen for us And if the parent is totally resistant, then you've got to learn to embrace that discomfort and just remind them, I'm coming from a place of love. I want what's best for you. And even though the role reversal is hard, as long as you're respectful and you listen to your parents, they're going to be more talkative and open to hearing you. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think the, uh, the one caveat to that is, and we can talk about memory care, is if there are some like dementia issues going on or maybe some Alzheimer's that is starting. So how would you um, suggest broaching that? And you guys do have memory care, is that correct? Yeah. I think memory care is a little bit different because I think a lot of times the, the flip side happens where the adult child wants their loved one to be comfortable with where they're going or have an opinion about it depending on where they are with their cognitive impairment, they may not have the ability to be able to do that. And I think that's what we see the most when, yeah. when it's flipped to a memory care type situation. The, real, the reality of that is they're not always going to be able to tell you what they want. Yeah. And you do have to be able to step in as their advocate and make those decisions. Because if you rely on them to say, yes, I'm going to do this, they're likely never going to. And I think... Choosing guilt over resentment is a huge thing, too. You don't want to be be guilty that you didn't or feel guilty that you didn't do the right right thing and there be resentment down the road because of that. Yeah. And it's, it's certainly hard, especially a lot of times we see with folks with, with severe or even mild cognitive impairment, they're not safe in their home. Yeah. What if they forget to turn the oven off? Yeah, we've we've seen some and heard of some horrific stories of things yeah. that have happened yeah. in the home. And I think in those cases, you think like, okay, what would my parent, loved one, what would they have wanted before any of these cognitive issues started? Like Absolutely. they would want you to keep them safe. Right. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And it's a hard it's a hard place for an adult child to be. And I think again, that's where the lifestyle advisors in our communities do such a great job of really giving them that peace and comfort of you are doing the right thing. You yeah. are doing the best that you can to keep your loved one safe and protected. So how would that process work? You know, hypothetically, if your parent um, is starting to have some pretty major cognitive issues and you want to get them into a memory care, is that something they would just reach out to you guys and you could, or I guess, would how, how would that process even get started with knowing that they needed memory care? I think initially I would recommend that they they reach out to one of our lifestyle advisors within one of our communities. Um, And the lifestyle advisor's role really is to come alongside them and guide them step by step through that process. And that's, you know, that's one of the things that we're here for. And we can walk them through, okay, these are the notes we need from the doctor. These are the next steps. This is the people we can put you in touch with to maybe put mom or dad's home on the market or help you downsize their belongings. And let's get them into a safe community, a safe environment so that you can handle all of these other things. Yeah, I think so. I mean, when you're talking about assisted living and memory care, there's a few additional steps. And we have to be in close contact with the physician and making sure that we're getting the things that we need on that end because we are, in those regards, providing care. Mm-hmm. So we have to have physician's orders. But again, that can be overwhelming for the family. Sure. So we are more than happy to take that off their plate. Mm-hmm. We 
once they contact us and they've made the decision that they want to move forward, we then get the ball going with contacting the physician, getting the, the paperwork that we need, coordinating the move as much as they will allow us to be able to do. I mean, obviously, we can't pack them up and get them there, but we can give them the resources to be able Absolutely. to make that smooth, as smooth as possible. Yeah, because that's a scary process and something that most people, it's not like they have experience with it. It's kind of they're thrown into it and they've never dealt with it before. So that's nice that they can have resources like you guys to kind of guide them through and make it a little a little more manageable and hopefully less emotionally stressful. <laughs> Yeah, because we want we want to give the role of being a child back to them. We want them to be able to feel comfortable where their loved one is. And when they come and visit, they are coming to visit. They're not having to come and worry about, has mom taken her medications? Is she eating? Is there food in the refrigerator? Is it moldy? Like all the things, has she turned the stove off? Is the coffee pot still on? Like now we can manage that. They can just come in and, and continue to have that relationship with them and enjoy the time that they have yeah that's a good point so jennifer what are some things that you've seen um change and evolve at homestead hill since you've been there for the last three years um i would say one thing that we've really focused on is honing in on the social events that make our members the, the happiest so we have an extensive wellness calendar that we have yoga classes that we offer um, they're doing Tai Chi now. We have a Parkinson's class and support group that we have on campus. We've noticed there's an increase in Parkinson's in the Winston-Salem area, and so we really want to make sure that we're giving support back to the community for that. Um, and as far as our, our social uh, calendar goes, last night, as a matter of fact, I believe you met our chef, Michael, mm-hmm. when he came on with me before. He did a chef's table and hosted a five-course meal with matching wine pairings for everybody And when I tell you, if I could have got a ticket to go to it, I would have (laughs) gladly been there. They did not allow me, but (laughs) members were, you know, chomping at the bit to get to come to that. Yeah. I think they do a good job of, like, making sure that we are current in what we're offering, too. I know that pickleball has Mm. also been a huge thing for our communities going forward, too. So the lifestyle and, and enrichment team does a great job of making sure that, all the activities are things that we know that our members would really appreciate or be interested in possibly trying. Yeah. yeah. And we ask our members what they would like. That's the most important thing. Yes, it's a retirement community. And yes, um, you know, we have an entire executive team, but we're all there for the people who live there. And we want to make sure that they're happy and living the best lives that they can while they're on campus. And so we take their feedback and we run with it. We have member committees and groups and they've come up with ideas, ways for oh, I love that. Yeah, ways to enhance the community. Anything from landscaping to security, <laughs> we have a member committee for. <laughs> well, and I'm sure they love like having that input and being involved and mm-hmm. probably the same people who were the school presidents <laughs> back in <Yes>. high school. <laughs> Yes, they become the mayor I was of say, the community. Or, yeah. the, or the university president. <laughs> yeah. The wealth of knowledge. I was having a conversation with a member yesterday, and they have a men's breakfast that they do once a month. And he said the amount of knowledge that is at this 20-man meeting would blow people's minds. It's more than most, you know— major businesses have in their boardrooms yeah just their experience and oh yeah you know they will run with it we that love is so it cool yeah 
Well, it has been so fun talking to you, ladies. Thanks. Yeah, happy and to be here. We're gonna put um, in the show notes how you can touch base with you guys. But what is the best website and or phone number for people to touch base if they're interested in? So the best phone number to reach us at is three three six six five nine zero seven zero eight. That will put you straight through to the community. And then our website is www.homestead-hills.com. Awesome. We will put that in the show notes. And as always, you can find Forsyth Mags online. ForsythMags.com. You can click on all four of our publications from there. And you can find us on social media at Forsyth Mags. And that is a wrap for today. The views and opinions stated on this podcast are solely those of the contributors and not necessarily those of our distributors or hosting companies. This podcast is copyrighted and cannot be reproduced without expressed written consent of Forsyth Magazines Incorporated. Ooh, that's a mouthful. <laughs>